and welcome to the Common Good Podcast, the podcast that showcases the very best of Glasgow Caledonian University and how the institution, its staff and its research benefits people and communities both at home and overseas. My name is Craig Telfer and I am delighted to welcome Jill Watt, the director of the GCU Foundation, to talk about how it supports our students and our alumni. Jill, thank you very much for joining me on the show. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Thanks very much for having me on the show. We'll start things off with a quite a big question, Jill. If I didn't know what it was, what is the foundation? How do you describe it to someone? We've got three teams within the foundation. We have the foundation itself, we've got the alumni engagement team and the conference and events. And together we are responsible for raising philanthropic and commercial events income, as well as delivering a programme of communications, engagement and events that looks to build long-term relationships with graduates, donors and friends of the university. That seems like a quite a, a pretty important job within GCU. Yes, um, I think, you know, I think we've got a very privileged role, um, I would say, in terms of the fact that we um, get to meet such a variety of people from, you know, recent graduates to well-established graduates, honorary graduates, donors who are committing their own funds to support our students. So I think it's a very important role in terms of the team have to have a good understanding of a lot of activity that's happening across the campus so that we can help to keep people engaged and be able to link up where their interests match with um, work that the university is doing and to make sure that we thank them and look after them um, appropriately. What have the last six months been like for you and your team? I know normally you're very busy, but what have you been doing in lockdown? It's still been fairly hectic, and I'm sure that's a standard response you've, you've had across the board <laughs> um, through the podcast. For us, a lot of what we do is external, um, externally facing. So um, it's not necessarily very visible to the majority of staff, but there's a lot of work that goes into developing the communications and engagement opportunities and the events that all help to um, lead to philanthropic and in-kind support for our students. So for us, through lockdown, we had sort of two key priorities, I'd say, at the start of lockdown, and that was about trying to get as much financial support to our students who'd been hit the hardest by the pandemic, first and foremost, and also to engage with our key stakeholders. So we worked very closely with donors, with prospects to help raise and redirect over £300,000 of support and that has gone to things like hardship grants, technology grants, we've also established some match funding internships for 2020 graduates with support from Sir Alex Ferguson, raised money for helping to develop mental health training for staff, so lots of activity there but also we undertook a calling campaign so the team reached out to alumni, student beneficiaries or donors and friends first and foremost to check in and make sure that they were safe and well at this time but also to let them know that the university was here for them too. So for me I think it was really important that you know we hear a lot about these are unprecedented times which Mm -hmm. they are you know everybody has been affected in some shape or form by the pandemic so I felt it was really important that we actually took the time out to check in people who have been great supporters of us over the, over the years. You must have been quite happy to hear from you then, to know that you were reaching out. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think we had a, a few people that were a bit shocked um, that, we, that we were calling, <laughs> but ultimately we've had amazing feedback from it. And I think people just didn't expect us to do it. Um, 
and actually the team and, and I really enjoyed a lot of those conversations um, as I say like we get lots of people who will come back year on year to certain events um, who you know will comment and provide feedback and provide us with advice on our activity that, that volunteer and give back in kind as well as donating so you get to know them quite well and actually you genuinely do want to to make sure that they were safe and well so it was actually really nice a nice thing to be able to do we mentioned how important your role and your team is within the university but what sort of targets are you guys working towards so as you would expect we've got financial targets that are, are one of the main ones so both from the foundation and, and the commercial events point of view we've got financial targets from the foundation we typically raise around six hundred thousand pounds each year that's gets to near enough a million pounds if you look to include gifts that will maybe secure for future years okay and that essentially helps to level the playing field for our students so they'll help to provide opportunities that make sure that regardless of a student's background or circumstances they have access to, to equal opportunities but in order to reach those targets there's lots of other things that we'll measure along the way so we'll look at things like steps to get to securing a gift, so the number of meetings, the number of asks, proposals that we submit. And we also measure the impact of, of our engagement. So we'll look at things like the open rates of communications, feedback from our magazine, eh, engagement on social media, attendance at events, because all these things help to help us to determine basically how warm our audience is and how engaged mm -hmm. they are. And last but not least, I would say a key measurement for us is around the in-kind support. So we'll look at the number of alumni and friends who give back their time and expertise. So things like mentoring, delivering guest lectures, becoming entrepreneurial or literacy ambassadors for the Caledonian Club. And this year, we've actually nearly doubled the number that have volunteered. So 2018 19 i think it was around 700 um, and this year it's been just over 1200 and those are the numbers that actually our team have helped to facilitate so i know that there'll be many more yeah. that at a more local level are delivering these and i would definitely encourage staff to let us know if that's happening because we can help to make sure that we're thanking and looking after um, anybody that is volunteering or supporting the university in any way You've been at GCU for a number of years now, Jill, and I'm sure I read that you studied at the university before starting to work for it. I sure did. You've done your research. <laughs> I just went on the webpage. That was, I went on the <laughs> webpage. That's as far as it went. But how has your role and, and the role of the team changed from when you started at the university? I mean, I think, so I, I graduated 20 years ago and then joined as a fundraiser um, 10 years ago and have worked up to director in 2015-16. I would say the, the remit has remained the same for the department and um, we, albeit that the projects we focus on and um, might change and the financial targets inevitably get um, higher as you would expect. There's been some changes like the team's actually smaller now but I would say that what we've done is essentially just become more streamlined and more focused on where we can make the biggest impact. Conference and events joined the department four years ago and I think that combined relationship management, event management expertise has significantly yeah. raised the bar on the corporate events that we mm -hmm. deliver. But I would, I would ultimately say I think the biggest change is actually happening now as a result of, of COVID. 
because it's really forced us to reconsider and become more creative in our approach. Okay. A lot of what we do is has traditionally been face-to-face -face activity mm -hmm. across all the teams. So from the events point of view, you know, clearly they were hit hard. Commercial events, you know, came to an abrupt halt. The team were furloughed. And as they're starting to come back, we're now having to explore options of how we can deliver profitable hybrid events in the future for commercial clients that will still offer an amazing attendee experience, whether you're on campus or online. And the same with the, the corporate events offering, again, it's using their expertise about what makes the best experience for, for those that attend. And so they're working hard just now in a lot of the corporate events that will be moving online in the first part of the academic year, as well as, as, well as a few that are happening just now. From the alumni team's point of view, I would actually say that this potentially could be a bit of a game changer for us because typically we've been very uh, focused on on-campus activity and actually the ability to do more online is allowing us to reach a far wider alumni international audience more you know, quickly and, and find new ways in which international alumni can, can get involved in, in some of our activity. So I, th I definitely think that's an area that, um, that, that we'll look to grow. From the foundation's point of view, I think that's going to be tough, a, a tough challenge, because what we're finding is the competition for securing donations is, is tougher, mm -hmm. uh, whilst also students being hit by the lack of part-time jobs. So there's already been a sharp rise in the number of students that need support you know, you'll get students that typically wouldn't have been looking to access funding now need it, but also the amounts of funding that they need um, is significantly higher. So a £1,000 grant a year ago isn't going to have the same impact mm -hmm. right now. I think, just to caveat that though, what I would say is I do think GCU is in a very strong position. So I think we've got a strong case in that we've got a traditional you know, we're known for delivering widening access. It's an area yeah. that we've got a proven track record in. We're also at a time where people are reassessing priorities. So they're thinking about health, they're thinking about the environment, they're thinking about reskilling. So these are all areas that GCU is particularly strong in. So for us, I think, as the University for the Common Good, I think we've got a strong case to be able to say to people that by supporting us, you really will be helping to make a di mm -hmm. difference. So I think that's really what the team needs to kind of play on right now in terms of managing that challenge of, of the increased competition. What you're talking about leads nicely on to my next question, support that we provide for our current students. I know we do things like the Magnuson Scholarship, that's been running for a number of years. I know you've already touched on some things earlier, Jill, but what sort of packages and scholarships and funding can we support our current students with? There's a variety of ways and some of it will be tailored for specific programmes. So we'll get some donors that, that might want to uh, support specific areas like our TV fiction writing scholarships. We get a lot of industry support for that. Mm -hmm. But yeah. generally, I think as I touched on before, a lot of the support is, is around widening access. So it's about making sure that there's a level playing field for all students. And that, that's a key area why most of our donors do support the university so we offer things like scholarships that will help to ease financial pressures and then a variety of awards that provide life-changing experiences or that help to enhance employability 
So you mentioned the Magnuson Awards. So, you know, they've been running for over 10 years now and essentially they're about funding student stream projects. So there's mm -hmm. no ideas are, are, are out of bounds. It's all about their passion to pitch for the funding and, and what they hope to achieve from it. So both had students delivering eye care in developing countries or setting up community projects to help battle things like mental health or to establish groups for um, the elderly who might be lonely at, at this time. So there's a variety of different ways in which we can support students. And we also work closely with the students associations, student clubs and societies, the schools to look at funding equipment, that type of thing. So, so yeah, we get, to, we get to work on a lot of different ways that will add value for our students. Your team's also responsible for managing relationships with GCU graduates. How are those relationships managed? So we deliver uh, a variety of communications and engagement opportunities and events throughout each year. So we, we consider ways in which alumni could get involved with the university to, to help at, um, support creativity. So for example, providing case studies and video testimonials to support recruitment or becoming entrepreneurial ambassadors that will support uh, student startups that are coming through UHatch. So there'll be a range of different sort of touch points throughout the year that we help to keep them engaged with developments that are happening at the university, share alumni success stories, let them get involved, as well as promoting ways in which we can support them through discounted continued study or KTPs, that type of thing. And as I said, the events as well. So there are lots of different activities that will happen throughout each year. I'm thinking to the principal's speech she gives at the graduation ceremonies when she says, this isn't the end of your relationship with the university. It continues after you've left us. Why is it important that people maintain a relationship with GCU long after they've graduated? The key thing about alumni relations is, is that it's about mutually beneficial relationships. So I think there's, de there's benefits for the, the graduates themselves. And what you'll tend to find is that through different stages of their career journey, they'll maybe want to look to their university for support or they might want to support their university in different ways. So, this, you know, when you're newly graduated, it might be engaging with the careers department. Then it might be kind of more attending some of the masterclass series events to hear from, you know, key in, uh, inspirational figures. You know, it could then be that actually they're in a position where they want to look to recruit our students or they want to work with us in a KTP. And then I think you get people that, you know, as you as you kind of peak in your career, that you may you might start to think about giving back. So I think the journey sort of changes. Um, and, and our job is to really kind of keep the communication channels going and keep, keep in touch with them and work with them to both support them and look at ways in which they can support our students throughout the journey. But actually, from our own point of view, I think the biggest reason for us in terms of keeping in touch with alumni is that they are our best asset. Our graduates, you know, being able to be able to share success stories of our graduates, you know, from a recruitment perspective, just speaks volumes about the, the quality of the teaching and the experience at GCU. And for students themselves to hear from graduates who've studied their course or something similar and gone on to achieve success, you know, just really is probably the most inspirational, motivating experience that they can have when they're getting towards that point of thinking where they're going to go on to next. 
Now, it's been a tough time for students who have recently graduated from the university, and I know that we've set up a couple of programmes to help them, such as the Mint programme and the Business Directory. Can you talk to me about them? Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think, you know, students really have been hit hard. And for 2020 graduates, I think when we consider that towards the end of their degrees, they had such an abrupt shift to online learning, the employment market that they're going into now doesn't really resemble anything like what it did when they entered their final year. So the Mint programme was really designed from the team coming together and thinking about the different ways that we could help 2020 graduates and going forward future graduates. So it's mentoring, internships, networking and talks. The programme has already matched 400 of our 2020 graduates with an experienced alumni mentor. We've placed 20 graduates on match-funded internships. So Sir Alex Ferguson is match-funding with the companies who are employing the graduates to undertake the internships. And we've had various networking and talk um, opportunities. So our captains of industry talks happen every second and fourth Thursday of the month. Uh, our most recent one was Brian Guffey, who's the CEO of Watches of Switzerland. Next, a week on Thursday, sorry, we've got Katie Murray, who's the group chief financial officer at RBS, and she's one of our graduates. So it's bringing together inspirational figureheads who can speak to our students about their career journey, share their lessons learned, talk to them about the impact COVID's had on their sector and the opportunities. So, yeah, it's a real kind of like programme of different ways in which we can really provide a bit of added support. A name that's come up a couple of times during this conversation, Jill, is Sir Alex Ferguson. He's arguably our most important honorary graduate at GCU, obviously best known as being the world's most successful football manager, but he's the founding donor. and We've also named our library after him. What kind of impact do you think he's had in the university over the last five years? He's just, I mean, Sir Alex is just amazing. You know, you've interviewed him a couple of yeah, times. Career highlight it was. it was. I loved it. Absolutely. Well, it's definitely, you know, working with Sir Alex is one of my career highlights. I've not my career highlight as well, so I have to I agree <laughs> with you on that one. But yeah, I mean, his financial support has been phenomenal. So we've, you know, he donated over £500,000. It's actually reached over £700,000 to donate um, to date. So undoubtedly, that financial support has been incredible for our students. Over 150 to date have received scholarships or awards of, of some format. But I definitely think it's, it's much more than that. He's really committed a lot of time to both helping us to secure additional funding by um, hosting events for us. But most importantly, I think it's the time that he commits to his beneficiaries. Yeah. You know, he really does take the time, and you'll have seen this as well when you're interviewing him, but he really takes the time to get to know them and to listen. Yeah. Definitely. I think that's one of my favourite things, not just getting to talk to him like as a football fan, getting to talk to him, but what, being in the same room as him when he's meeting the beneficiaries and, and listening to their stories. And he seems genuinely thrilled at what they're doing with the support he's provided with them. Yeah, that's it. I always think there's a difference between listening and really listening. And he is really listening because he, he remembers people and he'll remember when he comes back and meets them again, you know, for the second, the third time remember parts of those conversations and picks them up and I think that's a real a real skill so I think it's you know it's about the confidence and the motivation that that provides to students who might otherwise be slightly lacking in confidence knowing that he's you know personally selected you for that award yeah it's pretty incredible and, and definitely a boost for your CV 
And I think overall for staff and students across the university, you know, people that have came and heard him speak, or just as you say, when he comes on campus, there's just a presence. I think knowing that, you know, when you get somebody of that stature who could and does get approached, you know, daily to support a number of causes, the fact that he's chosen us and I, the fact that he's donated over and above what he said he would do at the start, I think says a lot for what he gets out of, of, of the relationship. But also it's something that people, you know, stand up and take notice of. Where's the relationship with him and the university going next? So we've got lots of uh, plans that are coming up in the foundation in terms of, you know, as I said before, I think, you know, it is going to be a tough year in terms of raising philanthropic income. So we've been looking at a variety of different ways in which that we can do that. Uh, and I've been speaking to Sir Alex and his son, Jason, about different ways in which they could get involved in that and help to endorse that. So fingers crossed, there'll be... Um, more engagement to come over the, over the next academic year. Sticking with honorary graduates, Jill, your team plays a really big part with our graduation ceremonies. Can you tell me about the role that you guys have in that? So we pick up the relationship at the point where an honorary graduate has accepted their award. And our role is really to help facilitate all the logistics for the day from their point of view. So we get all the information that we need from the honorary graduates to help make their ceremony run smooth, but we're a main point of contact for them. So if they've got questions about the day, how it you know, will run, what they need to put into their speech, that type of thing. And then on the day itself, we are there to look after them and their guests uh, to make sure that they get to where they need to and all that type of thing. But I think it's a really, good opportunity for us to actually get to know them a bit better and to help us think about how we can engage with them in the future because you get to kind of know a bit more about what they're like you know their interests the different ways in which they might like to you know kind of support and help to add value to the university going forward so uh, it's, it's a great process to be part of and, and nice to you know share in, in their special day as well. When someone takes an honorary degree from the university, is there a reciprocal arrangement there? Like, we'll give them the honorary degree, but we expect something from them in return? When they accept the honorary degree, there isn't an explicit conversation around you must give back in, in some shape or form. However, what I would say is that I think by accepting the honorary degree, there generally is a warmth there to the university. And on their part, they'll have conversations with us about different ways that they can stay engaged. So I think that comes more naturally through the engagement process and as you build the, the closer relationship um, with the honorary. Some may already have a close re relationship with the university anyway, which also helps. But yeah, I think generally you'll find that people are keen to get back in some shape or form. So it's, it's about knowing, getting a, a fine balance between what's reasonable to expect of them, you know, finding opportunities that they're interested in and that fit with their needs. And I think that's where the team's sort of skills come into play and being, being able to do that. You and your team have also been responsible for a number of very big events that have taken place at the university, such as like the installation, Alex Ferguson's golf day. What kind of planning goes into those events with such high profile associates at the university? Do you really want to know the full level of detail? I could, I could be here for a while, Craig, to be honest. I remember going to some meetings and, and being presented with these enormous spreadsheets of, of tick boxes with so much granular detail in them. So perhaps, perhaps not. Maybe if you sort of give a, an overview as to what it's like to uh, 
plan something like that. Yeah, so I'll try, I'll try and keep it high level. But yeah, I think, you know, the team, you know, it kind of starts with understanding the objectives of the events and what we're looking to get out of it. And that's fundamental for us to then be able to make the recommendations on, you know, the best space, the best format, um, consider the dressing of the space, um, you know, the running order, the speeches, whether there's video content. Generally, for the big uh, events, there'll be sort of groups of key stakeholders across the university that we'll pull together to meet regularly so that we can keep uh, the different elements of, of the event moving forward. So I think we, we're the main point of contact to pull it all together and, and to provide the expertise, but we certainly rely and, and work very closely on and couldn't do it without the support of people like your own team and communications, facilities, you know, so it's a real kind of team effort to, to pull a lot of these big events off. And always bearing in mind as well, I think about that attendee experience. So, you know, who is your audience and, and what are their expectations? And how can we almost exceed their expectations, you know, make this the biggest and best event that, that they've been to? There's always that drive within the team to want to achieve that. I know it's quite a difficult time at the moment and it might be hard to, to look too far into the future, but are there any big events coming up on the horizon? Well, actually, and, and maybe surprisingly for, for some, that there are still lots of planning uh, happening that's underway. So I think what we're finding is that with a number of events being put on hold, there's still a desire to run those. So actually, if anything, it is going to be jam-packed. But what we need to do now is to consider the best format. So we're looking at a lot of different platforms for online delivery modes or for hybrid event options, considering which events we can run with just now and which ones we're maybe better off postponing because actually we'll get more from those in person. So we've got a number of big events like we're working with the Centre for Climate Justice on some COP activity that's happening oh, yeah. this year in the run-up to COP and next year around COP itself. We've also got masterclasses and guest lectures. Some great people in the pipeline, like Christopher Rayburn, who's designer, you know, really receiving so many accolades right now for his commitment to sustainable fashion. Yeah. And we've also got Martin Comston, who's looking to bring an industry friend along to speak to some of our students. Who knows, it could be H from Line of Duty. Don't know, it's all top secret just now. So yeah, and we've got a number of fundraising events and things in the pipeline. So I think it's, it's about getting the mix of, of how they'll be delivered so that we can keep that activity and that engagement going. But lots of exciting things to come. And I think certainly with the year that we've all had, that I think we'll need something like that to look forward to. Jill, thank you very much for joining me today. I know you and I have worked very closely in the past, but it's great to hear more about your team and just how important it is to university. So thank you very much for that. Thank you, Craig, and well done for an amazing podcast series. So um, oh, you're too kind. Work. <laughs> well, listen, please heed Jill's advice and uh, subscribe to this podcast. You can do so via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to us from. And join us again soon when we'll be talking with another member of staff from Glasgow Caledonian University. Until then, I've been Craig Telfer and this has been the Common Good Podcast. Mm -hmm.